Is that the rule? Those are the rules. We're not literally not allowed to put him in our top five. What's your favorite Eminem? My favorite Eminem? I like peanut butter. I, I really How like... I do go for plain the, pretty hard. The coconut M&Ms are really good for me. You're I, a freak. I, don't know, I, had I am. You're I had absolutely key lime M&Ms, M&Ms one time. Key wow. Lime. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about that, because the yeah, chocolate was, was They were like lime. a white chocolate. Okay. Yeah. Kind of coat. Nonetheless. Yeah, peanut mm. for me. Mm. I like yeah. a peanut I like M&M. Yeah. An almond M&M's pretty good, too. Well, they're, Caramel's pretty good. The peanut M&M's... Is there are, a bad M&M? According to Fox News... <laughs> yeah, according the, to Fox News, they're all the, the bad. The M&M. purple M M&M M is the bad one, right? Yeah, I forget. Well, that's the one they're most mad at, and that the the green one no longer wears pumps or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I mean, I, why does Tucker Carlson want to have sex with an M M&M and M so bad? Is what I want to know. There's that's nothing... what times call for desperate measures. Arthur's yeah, Arthur's that got bow tie beat. will make you desperate. <laughs> you know, John John Stewart's not John Stewart's not what he once used to be. But I I find it hard to not think about John Stewart dunking on Tucker Carlson so hard he stopped wearing bow ties. Yeah. Remember that culture used to be better <laughs> before we reached the end of it. It was it was a little bit more interesting. Oh man, uh, you know Anthony Mackie got asked where he would put Eminem in his top five rappers, and he's would, I wouldn't put him in my top wouldn't five. Him, what are you talking about? Not I put him in my ten, and he knows this. Well, you don't mess with the free world. No, you don't fuck with free world. That's yeah, for true. That's right. <laughs> It's fun seeing Anthony Mackie so young. I, it's his I, first. It's his first movie. Yeah, I'd That's forgotten cool. all about Papa Doc. Him being here in this thing. Yeah, it's good. To, have you seen this before? Ah, uh, no. Okay. I wow. thought I had, but I hadn't. You had to watch this if you were in middle school Baby when this Michael movie Shannon. came out. Oh, yeah. You had to watch in it in high school. Yeah, yeah, because this sure. is no two joint, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I'm having kids and like doing life and stuff, and this is, don't care about yeah. hip hop. Peak moment for me. Same. Oh yeah, everybody was talking about this movie. Yeah. Um, Alright, well I guess we'll talk about this movie Hello everybody and welcome again to the Good Trash Genrecast We gather around the table, we discuss the films you'll never discuss Ever In a film studies course uh, This week's film is 8 Mile uh, With Eminem And so, I'm still Dustin I'm still Arthur I am still Dalton, and much like Eminem, I'll never podcast again after this. They, they asked him what he, you know, we would about, you know, is this a start of a film career for you? And he's like, no, no, no not, a, I, not a chance. I'm not, I don't want to do this, this shit at is all. too hard. <laughs> it's just so annoying. That, you just stand around all day and wait for them to be ready. Yeah, yeah, that and, you a lot know. Of hurry up and wait. Uh-huh. The acting. Um, the, the acting is there, too. Yeah. <laughs> But sometimes you get to, you know, have a brief dalliance with Brittany Murphy, you know? Uh, a brief. That's what she said. Brief. brief. Well, yeah, the scene itself is not brief. It's not brief. At- <sighs> God, remember when movies had sex scenes? I love it. I mean, that's... Thanks, Curtis Hansen. Uh, well, I remember when they used to be hot, too. But anyway, yeah, man, it is, uh, it is, you're right. It is, it is sort of like one of the things you want. putting and long. It's, it's just like, little. good Lord. We'll talk about it. We'll, we'll get yeah, there. We'll get, all right. Um, so, in case you're tuning in the show for the very first time, we don't spend a lot of time talking about sex scenes. What we do do is we do spoilers, though. And so we're going to let you know this is a analysis show, not a review show. An analysis show, not a review show. The article changes in English. Nonetheless, uh, we'll uh, try not to spoil the movie for the first part of the show, though. And and the way we do it is like with a synopsis. Or we're going to say something like, it's got lots of M&M. And then we're going to say something else. We're going to say we like it and we don't like it. Uh, mostly, well, we'll see. And then we'll get to a little exercise called Explaining the Syllabus, which probably will involve spoilers of this film lightly, if any, and perhaps spoilers of other films of its ilk. Um, maybe. We'll yeah. see. And then we'll get down to business, and that's when all spoiler bets are off, and we'll find out whether or not Eminem is able to do a rap battle or not. Yeah, we'll find out whether seems, or not he takes his white ass back across 8 Mile Road. Which seems to be the big sort of plot contrivance of the movie, is whether or not Eminem can do a rap battle. 
Anyway, uh, so... <laughs> Dustin, you've never seen this movie before. I have not. And you uh, seem to have feelings about I it. I am bored to death with this movie. I don't care. I guess we'll just skip the syllabus. Uh, well, synopsis. Okay, yeah, we'll do the synopsis. Go ahead. Synops- nope, go ahead. Synopsis. You ruined it. Synopsis. Synopsis, please. <laughs> and I'll say it. I'll say it all over again. Like no one was listening. Like no one was watching this movie. Go on. Jimmy. B-Rabbit Smith has one dream, make it big in the hip-hop industry. But life seems to have other plans. Over the course of a week, Rabbit has to figure out his goals and relationships and decide if he's going to seize his moment or not. <sighs> okay. I don't care. That's, that, that is the official place I have for this movie. I, 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 I understand Slim Shady. I have heard Eminem records in my life, and I like him as a musician, and I like him as an artist. But as a music coming-of-age film, it is sort of like, I'm going to do it myself, but I'm not going to do it myself, and then I am going to do it by myself, and I'm going to kind of be mean to my friends all the time, Mm -hmm. and eventually I will get over stage fright, is confused as a narrative to say the very least. Also a sex scene that is awkward, off-putting, and way too long, which is not usually something I say about that. Um, We're usually clamoring for more sex. Correct. All all the time. You joked that we don't talk about those scenes very often, but we do more often than not bring up how sexless movies have gotten. Yes. And uh, this is, you know, they're they're definitely, they're pumping in this movie, um, Arthur. But... Like rabbits. Like rabbits. Um... I'm much more interested in Kim Basinger's character, honestly, in this film. Um, okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm much more interested in, I don't know, Anthony Mackie. I'm, I'm interested in everything else. Uh, this movie seems to be the kind of coming up film that fails to give you any sympathy for the character, really. I just, I don't care. You know, it's just like, okay, well, you know, you're, you're trying, but you're not trying that hard. And I don't know, it, it, the struggle doesn't, I mean, yes, there's, there's real life, there's real poverty. And again, his whole shtick is just, I am white and poor, which is fine, but I don't know. I, a shtick of many people. A shtick of many people. And I just cannot seem to be made to care about the movie. I like Eminem as a rapper, don't get me wrong. Uh, I, I think he's, he's, he's a fine hip-hop artist. You're allowed to say you don't like Eminem as a rapper. I, yeah, he's, I, Got a bunch of homophobic tracks. You're yeah, allowed to say he sucks. Yeah, That's you're fine. Absolutely, you're, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I've heard of him. I, I, I think he's fine. So this is not me like, oh, I don't care for this famous person. Mm-hmm. It's not my kind of music. Sure. Therefore, I'm, out. I'm just like, I just don't care about this movie at all. I just narratively, I just don't care. Um, Kim Basinger, as Arthur observed, is doing a southern accent in Michigan, which is weird. But it is. There's some, there's choice. It's a weird choice. There's there's choices being made. There there's a number of, like these fights and beef. I don't believe in this world of beef. Like, it, I don't believe in it. I mean, I understand that this is sort of what they talk about in the culture of it, but it, I'm, I'm certain that it happens, but since I don't understand why you care, I don't care. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it does not hit for me. Sure. And again, the entire plot is whether or not Eminem was able to do a rap battle or not, which I already know he will. So there's no... Yeah, they wouldn't have made a movie with him if he wasn't going to do a battle. There is no dramatic tension for me whatsoever. Sure. Utter failure. Moving on. Next. What do you think, Arthur? Um, I'm definitely warmer on it than you are. Again, probably partial nostalgia, and I do really dig it. I I mean, I think it has flaws. I think this movie actually really is doing almost everything it's setting out to do, though, um, because it is a star vehicle uh, in a period of the MTV movie um, where the whole goal was to bring in the the fans of Eminem. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it is more of a biopic than a, I think a coming of age thing. And so I think 
actively is succeeding in what it's wanting to do. I mean, it's very successful. And I think it's still very commercially well-received. I know people, you know, heard students talk about watching this and liking it. So I, I think people, you know, commercially still gravitate to it. I think a lot of it is the persona, the the mythos of Slim Shady. Um, I think Kim Jasinger is so bad in this movie. Uh, who is on paper the best actress, mm-hmm. actor, performer in this film. Uh, just, I don't know what is happening with that character and, and with her performance. Uh, I think melodrama is the word yeah, that I, you're looking for. Well, right. Beyond that, I, I mean, but that accent choice is such a bizarre choice. I think it's, to me it's right I, in that, that melodrama pocket to yeah. pick a weird out of out of nowhere accent. Yeah, I don't, I don't like know. So much in that it's like she missed every meeting mm-hmm. leading into production. Um, I think Brittany, Smith, uh, Brittany Murphy's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think she's doing a lot of heavy lifting here. Um, Kai Pfeiffer is doing uh, really good work. Mm-hmm. Michael Shannon. I like Michael uh, Shannon a lot. When he gets this, his yeah. chances, uh, I think he nails it, you know. Uh, a, a young performance from Michael Shannon yeah. as well. Early Shannon, early Mackie. Uh, yeah. So all that, you know, that kind of stuff's really fun. Um, I, it does, does has it, you know, definitely has flaws. I think Eminem, I can forgive his acting more than I can Basinger's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, yeah. and you talk about star vehicles. Schwarzenegger's not that great. Rock's not that great, you know, and, and that's kind of part and parcel with what this kind of project is. Uh, but yeah, Eminem's not the best. <laughs> uh, and the little child's not actively the best either. Um, it is a weird uh, dynamic. Uh, I think that the idea of the hip hop beef is just so, it is bizarre, but I mean, it is a thing that exists. It does I mean, exist. It is real. And, but I, I, the severity of it, which is kind of played with here, you know, when, when they're all in that parking lot brawl, and then Cheddar shows up with his, with his strapped, and they're like, "What are you doing, dude?" Like, like there's a level of like even they're all aware of it's performative. Maybe it's not that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, "Whoa, okay, okay." Uh, they gave the uh, Cheddar a gun, and that seems to be the most dangerous thing you could do in Detroit. Um, Don't give Cheddar Bob a gun. So yeah, I, I actually kind of like the way this is plotted. I, I think you're right that you know. If you know who Eminem is, obviously he's going to do the rap battle thing at the end. Uh, but I like the kind of over a course of a week, uh, things fall apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get to that day before and everything that goes wrong, that could go wrong, goes wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of like that plotting and I think it really is the only way they're able to even attempt any kind of narrative thing. Uh, the only other option is turn this into a sports movie mm-hmm. uh, where it's a, you know, tournament kind of a thing where yeah. we had a lot of montages of rap battles, but uh, trying to lean, I think, into biopic, Plus, drama, melodrama is probably does hurt it quite a bit. Yeah. So, uh, I like it. I enjoyed watching it. Um, doesn't set the world on fire. Uh, mostly just because I like the music. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the last twenty minutes are are electric. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, but yeah, there you go. It's eight mile. Baby. Right. Dalton, what do you think? I you like know it? something about you. You went to Cranbrook. That's a <laughs> private school. That's funny. That's a good line. The the, the moment where he learns that uh, Papa Doc went to a private school, he's like kind of overhears it at a party. It's such a good moment. I know it's it's like scripting one hundred and one. Yeah. To like have him learn that and for it to come back up at the end of the movie, yeah. I think it's really effective. Check off Zero's drop. Eve drop. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. You nail it. I'm I'm with Arthur. I, I'm a little bit warmer on this than Dustin is, uh, and maybe that is nostalgia goggles a little bit. 
Um, nobody has interior life in this movie, and no. it's such a missed opportunity. Not a single character, not even B Rabbit, has interior life, and that's that's really what hurts this movie is we just don't know anything about anybody. And I think that's what I meant by my, my Basinger quote is like uh, her performance is awful, and I totally agree. But I want her interior life. I want sort of mom struggling with drug addiction, struggling with mm-hmm. paying the rent, you know, uh, wanting to encourage the son, but at the same time thinking this is a terrible idea for you to try to make your career in music. And, like, all of those tensions, like, I think that's a really fascinating story. Just not this one. But go ahead. I just, you know, you've got Cheddar Bob. You got... <laughs> I, you know, and, <laughs> such a funny That's name. MC Bob to you. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that what it is? Yeah, you MC got, Bob. You got Future. And I forgot the other two buddies' names. But they all have, like, a deal. Future's the host. The Future's the most successful one. Cheddar Bob's the goofy one. You got the political one. And you got the one who's about chasing women in cars. Right. Like, that's... They, they all have a personality trait and that's it and rabbit's personality trait is that he is somber but he's like a little withdrawn and sullen Mm -hmm. and that's you know i don't know that eminem is necessarily bad here but he's never like electric He, he never he is a charismatic performer and the only time that charisma really comes through is when he's getting to be on the mic. Yeah, it's not that Whitney Houston turn in The Bodyguard, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's or not... Dolly Parton. And, or, exactly. Mm-hmm. Prince, yeah. Is Prince good? I never saw Purple Rain. Uh, I've never saw Purple Rain either. Purple I th- Rain is... I think it's widely regarded to be a kind of a mid-movie, even though it's like got a lot of stuff people like about it. Mm-hmm. That's sort of my understanding of its reputation. Purple Willow might be... Purple Rain might be a Willow kind of movie. Yeah. Purple Willow. Purple Willow. I, I, I got Just it. Re- recasting Willow with <laughs> Prince. With Prince. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm on board. <laughs> Say no more. And Prince play, plays all the roles. Yeah, you're printing money in the 80s with that one. Um... Yeah, I don't know. This it's it's so flat is the thing. Yeah. This should be like more exciting. And I just I you know, I I I watched some interviews with like Brian Grazer who kind of as a producer was sort of who shepherded this project and you know, they talked about not bringing in a music video director because they wanted somebody who was like going to approach things anthropologically. They wanted somebody who had no familiarity with this world and was going to like bring in that curiosity. And I just don't feel like Curtis Hansen is curious. You know, I, I don't know what drew, yeah. you know, what, what, you know, what drew him to the project. I, I just don't see it because the only scenes that have life are those battle scenes. And again, that's an, an incredibly electric last 20 minutes. Like it really just brings everything together for me. But the lead up to that is a slog. It's just, there's not a lot happening and pretty much every character gets done dirty by the script. Now there are moments, I think, the car paintball, I think that's a fun sequence. Mm-hmm. I think burning down the crack house, I think that's a really great sequence. I think that that whole start to finish, that's like that's but other than rap battles, that's maybe the movie at its strongest. Mm-hmm. Is them at the party, kind of hanging out, then talking about this house and then burning it down. Like all that stuff is like as close as it gets to being like a an urban slice of life movie of like, this is what it's like to grow up in a dilapidated city. Like this is what this is what it is. And for me, like those moments work. It just never coalesces into something more consistent because we don't know anybody's motives uh what's the the name of the guy that's always like talking about how he's got connections um, wink wink thank you you know wink is an interesting oh, yeah, character an actor i've seen a lot of stuff yeah, yeah he's this... been around yeah <clears throat> he's been around um i can't think of his name but uh wink eugene bird yeah he's been a bunch of stuff but uh wink is like a character that's sort of interesting and you know you kind of want more of his interior life because it's unclear 
what he can actually deliver on what what how much of him is all talk and like so like i kind of like the push and pull of like can be rabbit trust this guy that wants mm-hmm. that's saying he wants to help him but like wink and spoiler alert wink and alex like hook up behind uh jimmy's back and it's like this big falling out and like there's no resolution to it no there's no explanation of why alex would have hooked up with wink other than to further her career is the implication and it's just like that Eh, we're doing this character really dirty. right is, is her motivation for sleeping with him and him in the first place because she thinks he is going to be the next big thing and she wants yep. to write his coattails yeah you it's, know? it's kind of like it writes her so vaguely that you could don't know you could assume a lot yeah and and that's just sort of wink and alex and their hookup is just sort of endemic of all of the sort of lack of interior life and it really is sort of for me one of the the real moments that like kind of the the movie falls apart under its own way is just like that subplot is sort of endemic of all the larger issues but as, as arthur said I, i'm on board with that last 20 minutes i think it's mm-hmm. really exciting it's very fun and yeah he's uh marshall mathers is a good rapper and if you film him rapping for a packed house it's probably gonna play and you know what it does, it does. yeah mm-hmm. so uh mixed bag yeah, very good, very good. Well, there you go. Our thoughts are cool to warm uh, on uh, 8 Mile. Um, I'm quite cool. You guys are a Much little... Much like I like my steak. Cool in the middle, warm on the outside. <laughs> really? You like your steak cool in the middle? Medium. Medium, but not... Mm, I want it all warm. That's gross. I can go like medium rare to medium. <laughs> Cool in the middle is like rare. That's like that's like low that, medium. That's rare. like rare. Yeah, yeah, you're like yeah. creeping in the okay. rare there. Yeah, I think that's no. That's badass. Go for it. Yeah, do you do you boo? But hmm, I just learned things about you. Get out of my house. <laughs> Dustin's over here ordering it well done with I ketchup. Know. I am yeah. not. I am not. I'm <laughs> I, with ketchup. I, I'm a medium guy all day long. Yeah, but uh, I don't want my burger. So we went to garage no, yesterday. No, and mm-hmm. Keisha ordered a burger. Burger talk. And it was pink. Mm. Pink. In the middle. Mm-mm. And she was like, I can't. Yeah. yeah. She had around the kind of edges, but mm-hmm. the middle was pink. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I can't do it with burger. It just seems questionable. I'll do medium on a burger, but like, yeah, it needs a little pink as medium on a burger, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well done, burger. Medium steak. All right. Well, if we see how much we care about this movie because we're now talking about how we cook our steaks, but uh, we're going to move on to the. I was eating steaks while watching 8 Mile because that's what you do. Oh, yeah. Because it belongs on a shelf with. <laughs> like a sirloin, maybe. I thought you were just going to say because there's a lot of maybe extra time, like extra time for fat chewing in this. This is the part of the show we do explaining the syllabus. <laughs> Dalton, oh, explain that. Explaining the syllabus, of course. Well, that's this is the part of the show where we talk about a movie you wouldn't discuss in a film studies course, and we're going to talk about Eight Mile in a film studies course. Are you ready? Do you have that? Yeah, we're going to invent a film studies course for Eight Mile, and I've done it already. Do it. Um, I I think I I couldn't find it in my old notes, but I think at one point in the show I I did a syllabus on a subcultures in film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I've covered this before, but I think this would be a really good module for that class is um, a module on hip hop and cinema. Mm. Uh, obviously picking movies that explore the subculture rather than eight mile. Well, and that's sort of, yeah, eight mile does a little bit, but you're right. Like, right. Isn't that kind of part of the problem mm. we don't really get to learn a lot about Detroit hip hop. And that feels like a really missed opportunity. Uh, here's some other films that we definitely would talk about. Uh, you've probably heard of a lot of them. Uh, Hustle and Flow, Straight Outta Compton, Notorious. Uh, a, a film that I haven't seen since I was a teenager, but I thought was hilarious. CB4 with Chris Rock. 
It's a huh. mockumentary about a, a, a hip hop group that does some time and they parlay doing time into like being becoming hard rappers. It's mm. yeah, it's I haven't seen it in a long time. But I remember really liking it. Uh, Wild Style, which is a film I had not heard of, but is like kind of considered the granddaddy of hip hop films. It you know fe- features a lot of break in and and um, you know graffiti stuff. Like it's early eighties. Uh, it's got some names you would recognize attached to it. But one that I was kind of like, ooh, this sounds interesting. Uh, Crush Groove, another one I hadn't heard about, but is sort of loosely the Def Jam story. Mm. Obviously, if we're going to talk about Def Jam, we got to talk about how fucked up Russell Simmons is. Uh, but in this this movie is kind of about Russell Simmons, so we would have to talk about like that sort of thorny stuff and, and what goes on there. It, you know, hip hop is just like every other entertainment industry. It is full of bad people taking advantage of other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, again, I think it'd be interesting. We talk about uh, Party uh, or House Party, uh, both the original and the remake. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but Calmatic, who uh, did the uh, Old Town Road video, that's who directed the new House Party movie. I found that out during my research. That's cool. Yeah, isn't that fun? Right. Hey, I haven't learned that. Uh, I grew up with those movies. Some of these movies are not... Uh, I definitely want to talk about Friday, Boys in the Hood, Juice. All of them are films that are not like strictly speaking hip hop movies, but they are films about, you know, featuring rappers that are about, you know, what the rap of the era was talking about. Mm-hmm. So again, Boys in the Hood very much like is a hip hop movie despite not being one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think um, uh, Friday sort of sits in that pocket as well. But, you know, both, you know, featuring Cube and and not really about him, but definitely sort of about his his ability to try to tell stories about where he grew up mm-hmm. friday more so than boys in the hood you know boys in the hood is him as an actor you know right. as a writer friday's him as a writer trying to tell his his own kind of laid back version of of being in the hood but uh, again all, all of these are, are stories about the world around hip-hop and i, I think would be really useful for like uh any i mean you'd really do the whole class on just hip-hop and film but i think if you're doing subcultures this would be like a really good kind of uh, yeah. module corner you could kind of be like mm-hmm. all right now we're going to talk about this for four weeks because you definitely do four weeks on this alone sure okay yeah very good very good what do you have arthur uh i don't know uh that'd be too much we'd probably do something you could do this in like a music and film class uh which could be fun but i'd probably take a look at just original songs uh and the sort of history of that maybe specifically focusing on kind of from at least limiting it from the academy award kind of slant as that kind of gives you a natural honing in point and built in maybe syllabus uh we probably talk a little bit about just the way the rules have changed over time mm-hmm. uh the awards introduced in uh the mid 30s uh and you know kind of initially uh the song just had to be uh in a movie released in the previous year uh, and that rule kind of evolved over time uh now i believe uh the film uh, the song a verse and some of the uh melody have to appear in the movie itself mm. at some point or be the first note of the credits um, to have any sort of option. Mm. And then uh, songs that build up on previous works or that are, include samples are, are not qualified. Mm. So uh, Dangerous uh, no, uh, dangerous Minds, Gangster's Paradise mm. was disqualified because it samples an earlier song. That's so mm. Interesting. And so, you know, those kind of little rules and just kind of tracking the evolution of that um, how much of that's marketing? How much of that is, you know, story serving purposes? Uh, it's not like Angel's Paradise falls, but... needed any help anyway. Yeah. Know? I mean, you had Weird, Weird Al. That's all it needed. <laughs> <It's> yeah. <right>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we might look at movies uh, or songs that kind of uh, superseded the films that they appeared in. So we might take a look at The Way You Look Tonight from Swing Time. Um, 
Over the Rainbow from the Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. I think that song, I mean, Wizard of Oz is a huge movie, but I think the song's probably a little bigger uh, now just because it's been used in some other uh, modes. And Ukulele s- yeah, 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 covers, that yeah. That thing. Um, we'll probably look at uh, White Christmas uh, from Holiday Inn, not from White Christmas, uh, which is always a fun little uh, bit hmm, uh, for a yeah. trivia question. Um, oh, what was the other one? Uh, Sera Sera, mm-hmm. uh, we'd probably look at as well. What um, movie was that an original the song? Man for? Who knew the Man Who Knew Too Much remake. Yeah. Really? It's mm-hmm. terribly done. Wow. But uh, it, that's it, Doors it, Day. It doesn't serve the film at all, but mm-hmm. it is a good song. But it's one of those things where you just kind of pop into the song, right? And mm-hmm. that was kind of a classic Hollywood thing is here's a musician with a musical number. Yeah. Uh, and we get them in there. Uh, I had to do their no song. idea Kesara was a, a song made for a yeah. movie. Uh, no idea. Do Moon River uh, from Breakfast at Tiffany's would be a fun one. Uh, so, you know, we kind of run through that. And I don't know, um, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head, uh, the uh, Butch Casting the Sundance Kid. Uh, Baccarat, from Bert Baccarat. R.I.P. Yep. yep. Uh, so we, we just go through and we just look at some of these songs, see how they come about. I think you did a good job the of role. pulling the songs that, like, like you said, like had a life beyond the movie in a really big way. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know how. It, it's kind of hard now to know, right, mm-hmm. what's going to have that lasting effect. From the last lose kind of decade, lose yourself is definitely in lose that yourself pocket, is definitely though. in there. I mean, mm-hmm. twenty years old, twenty one years old. People know that song more than they know eight mile. I mean, yeah. eight mile. Right? That piano riff made its way into a damn car commercial. About, yeah, because about we how much we loved it. It's a whole commercial about how, yeah. how much we love Detroit. And that's an anthem song, right? I mean, that's yeah. a sports arena song. Absolutely, easy, yeah, you know, it, easy. It, and, it's uh, yeah, walking up for the yeah know, the plate baseball song. Yeah. So what were you uh gawking at? I was shocked that the winner from nineteen eighty eight was from the Little Mermaid. And it wasn't um, part of your world. No, it oh, was under, under the, the sea. sea, and it won. Yeah, bizarre. I just, I'm just. Yeah, I baffled. remember we Kiss played. The girl was nominated. Oh, okay, but yeah, we did some original song trivia when I was on uh, the Wheel of Randy, Dan Wade's mm, show. Yeah, uh, we we did a bunch of uh, Oscar or best original song trivia, and I was just, I was out of my depth. <laughs> oh, it's it's always shocking. Yeah. Uh, and then we'd probably just end at, uh, I think, A Star is Born and Shallow. Mm, um, yeah. Uh, two of the A Star is Borns had winning original songs. Uh, oh. But I think we'd look at Shallow because of the immediate impact, obviously, Gaga. But, I mean, there were covers within the first few months of that song oh. from different groups and getting single time on radio mm-hmm. airplay. So uh, that's what we'd look at, though, just original songs and uh, their history and evolution and purpose. Very good. Uh, moving on to my syllabus, how would I use 8 Mile in a syllabus? The answer is I wouldn't. However, uh, if I had to, I probably would just throw it together with uh, crossover stuff. We'd look at Elvis. We'd look at uh, Whitney yeah. Houston. We would, just, you know, we would, and mm. Eminem's just one of those guys that's in there. And I would show clips of this movie, and I wouldn't show the rest of it, and I'd mm. find better movies. That makes sense. So uh, I don't have a whole lot more to yeah. say about than that. But You mean yeah. like Blue Hawaii? Blue Hawaii, yeah. That's exactly what I would do, which is not a very good movie. Kissing Cousins. Uh, <laughs> is that what you'd pick? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not, uh, but that kind of stuff is funny. You know, Chris Christopherson in Star is Born uh, would be an example. This Gaga Na- Naked in, Gun. Yeah, what? The juice is loose. The juice is. <laughs> you, you you're the one that was talking about all the good crossover movies you would pick. I'm I just met, helping I you met out. Musicians. Okay. Yeah. Musicians. Not musician star vehicles. The thing. Musician star vehicles. Yeah. Is what gotcha. I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. I thought you meant like the any I mean, like crossover. I mean, this is a big thing in the nineties with Tupac. I mean, he's got yeah. a few. Juice. Got a couple movies. Yeah. yeah. 
Cube. And, there, and there's a number of those kinds of mm-hmm. moments where that, that stuff takes. But Johnny Cash is in a movie, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could find little bits and pieces of that. And again, the Cash movie is all as bad as probably Eminem's effort here. So, uh, Redheaded Stranger? Is that a. Uh, that sounds right. Well, that and he did a Jesus movie well, too. Well, Willie Nelson, Redheaded Stranger, right? Isn't that a movie? Sounds right. I don't know. Yeah. Movies. Movies. But uh, yeah, whatever I would do with that, but not this movie so much. But it would be something that would be part of the orbital, part of the galaxy of conversation because I don't like it very much. So, moving on, I think it's time to get down to business. It's business. It's business time. I don't know what you're trying to say. You're trying to say it's time for business. It's business time. Ooh. It's business. It's business. The ninth, or uh, this, you know, we've kind of undersold the, I think, Impact of this movie uh, in, in 2002 with the uh, the rise of the I didn't think he had sleeves on for a second I just saw him out of the corner of my eye I thought he just pulled out with a vest said no, no took a jacket on. off to reveal vest no shirt <laughs> I'm wearing a big tan- M&M, big that would have been a yeah huge energy Lickety split energy yeah. I have a tan shirt under my sweater vest dear listener I was not expecting it yeah. um, but I mean this kind of gave rise to rap battle TV shows oh yeah on MTV celebrity rap battle shows I mean this was kind of epic a big... rap battles of history almost <laughs> certainly <laughs> oh my god yeah. <laughs> can't believe you did it <laughs> yeah don't sue us um, yeah I mean there was a big kind of part of the culture in the mid 2000s early uh, 2000s yeah no I think you're right I hadn't even thought about that but it is sort of like a, a moment that happens uh, it, it is weird to build a movie around Eminem and insist so hard that it's not a biopic. Right. And just like hew so close to his life story. Yeah. It's, I, I understand why they, it's they, a similar trajectory they did with the stars board and, and Gaga. Right. I mean, there are a lot of people who are like, Oh, it's kind of a biopic about Gaga, but it's also this other thing. Yeah. Which is, it is. Yeah. Just lean into it or don't. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's weird. I mean, yeah, it's, it's his, it's his kid's sister instead of his daughter yeah. that he's looking out for, but yeah, it is sort of, he's a, got a better relationship with Basinger than he does with his actual mom. If yeah. History tells us anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where the implication well, is like from the movie. A less interesting version of his life. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's a weird call. It's a more palatable version of his life. Maybe. Yeah. There's for the, the, substance issues both for him and his his mom like don't really enter into the narrative at all which yeah. is which is probably fine uh, he was also sober when they did this movie uh, yeah he was he was actively not using so i don't know that doesn't really impact the movie at all it's just sort of an interesting production note i found but it's yeah i, I don't it's it's weird how it handles all of its sort of urban poverty stuff like it 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 is acknowledging that as a factor of these characters' lives, mm-hmm. but it has no comment to make because the people who made the movie outside of Eminem probably don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Correct. To put in, I mean, just to, you know, to to be like, this is Hollywood about it. It's Hollywood. They don't know what they're talking about. They have no idea what it's like to be in Detroit. Um, Eminem just wrote music for this. He did not help on the screenplay. So it is a lot of people guessing is, is sort of how the movie feels. Yeah. Which, but, you know, it just hurts. It, it hurt that sort of inauthenticity is I don't know it's you can notice it there are lots of better Detroit movies oh yeah uh you even mentioned you know you mentioned the kind of vanilla nature of the direction of this uh, but even like the kind of polish on it it's hard to and this kind of speaks more to I think our nostalgia for it it's really kind of hard to accept this as a movie set in the mid 90s there's nothing really you know chronologic you know i mean the style doesn't seem 
especially going back to two thousand. I mean, seven years from you know two or two thousand, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they start working on this in two thousand, two thousand one. So we're only five years removed from where it's set, which is a weird choice, I think, because. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, there's nothing really to set me in 95 other than that time card. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of a weird choice. And as polished as it is, it feels modern. So that's another kind of weird, I mean, and it feels like that's just set up because it's not Eminem's, not biopic, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I don't, yeah, there's a lot of weird, I mean, it goes back to your idea. I mean, Hollywood saw dollar signs and made it happen. They did. Cause I think, I don't know. I don't think the audience for this movie at the time was necessarily Eminem fans. I think it was people who didn't understand who what the deal was. Yeah, I think it was for people the the parents of Eminem fans to go see. Right, this is a a hip hop song that I played for my dad when I was like, Dad, this is what hip hop is. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, maybe you know not the best track to go with, but also the one that I knew would be like the easiest sell, it's palatable. Right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. There's not a lot of swears in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a pretty straightforward get get pumped up anthem. Um, but yeah, I, you know, this is yeah, uh, it is it was for teenagers who weren't you know, supposed to be listening to Eminem and for the parents of kids saying, don't listen to Eminem. Yeah. I think that's, it's sort of a kind of an interesting, uh, you know, not necessarily a four quadrant movie, but it's, it's definitely like got multiple, uh, revenue streams as far as like the demographics for like, who's this movie for? Yeah. Making it a little more melodramatic, obviously I think draws in probably an older female audience Mm -hmm. a lot of times. So that kind of speaks to that four quadrant nature, just the kind of danger and, suspense of you know gang beefs and music beefs and hip-hop beefs and kind of draws in another crowd obviously you got your fans Mm -hmm. so it does have a mass appeal but i think you're right that it does seem to speak more to the commoner quote unquote Mm -hmm. yeah which again like makes those moments where it's falling short i had to look up uh who wrote the screenplay on this and it's actually scott silver who did joker and the fighter says a lot yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Weird, weird combination of credits. Eight Mile, The Fighter, and Joker. Weird. I don't know. Huh. I don't know what to make of that. Do that has he done anything else? Uh, a lot of stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, those are just sort of <laughs> It'd like be the funny big, if he just those wrote those three, those three movies. movies and that was it. Those sort of three big ones to pull from. Uh, I have an Eminem movie. He <laughs> yeah. wrote the Mod Squad movie in the nineties. Yeah, he's he's been work. He's oh god, he wrote finest did the screenplay for finest hours. Um, uh, he doesn't have a, it, it seems like he's got a ton of, uh, Joker is what credits. happens if B rabbit doesn't get his confidence by the end of the film. Again, same movie. Yeah, it really is up to that point. I, I did think a lot about Brittany Murphy. Uh, if, if she were still with us, RIP to being a, a Harley Quinn, like a live action. Damn. She'd yeah. be great. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Cause I was trying to think if she ever voiced Harley in anything, she'd have been great for it though. Yeah. She's yeah. kind of got that natural. She's got the Charisma and exact chaos. Energy, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love her. She's so good here. Yeah. I'll say it again. R.I.P. to a real one. Yeah. For real. Ugh, that's uh, so sad. It's also fun uh, that this movie, uh, B-Rabbit, is working on writing Lose Yourself, which posits that Mackay Pfeiffer exists in the same universe as Future. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Mackay Pfeiffer, the actor, and Future. It's Yeah, it is sort of very... the the. The reality of the film is very tenuous. There is no movie. There is no Mackay Pfeiffer. It's just my friend Future. <laughs> and I, that is, to me, like, one of the more fun, creative flourishes the movie has is, like, that element of the... the that recurring re- motif thing? Yeah, of, yeah. Like, of him, like, the bars coming together yeah. in his head. I like, think that's cool. I think it's very clever. Yeah, Weird that that doesn't actually 
factor into the movie. No, not Seems at all. like maybe they just had to follow some rules. Yeah, missed opportunity. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's it's interesting uh, as a creative choice, but it's, it's weird how few interesting creative choices this movie has. Uh, I think I mentioned this off air, but I don't think I've mentioned it since we actually hit record. But uh, Danny Boyle was attached to direct this, and I just at one point, or at least was like a name floated. Well, I saw his point. name and Tarantino's name. Yes, yeah, I saw the Tarantino. I think Danny Boyle sounds like came a little bit closer. Mm. Um, and I, I don't know. I think that there's probably. Just, I would watch either of those movies. I would, I would too. too. Yeah. I, the Danny Boyle one's the one that I'm like, ooh, yeah, that's interesting. Especially yeah. like Danny Boyle, what like five well, this is post beach four or... years out from Train Spotting. Is that what that movie is called? The beach is like oh, it's 2000 flat. Yeah, so this would have been is like it? yeah, I think this would have been right after the beach. Because yeah, Life Less Ordinary is 99, I think okay. somewhere in there. Mm. But anyway, this is yeah, hot Danny Boyle era. Yeah. So I would have been an interesting like Hollywood project for him. Um, yeah, I, I just I wish Curtis Hansen was doing something here. I, I, I want the camera to be a little bit more excited about what we're seeing. And it's just never really, you know, I, I'm, you know, I know he's kind of a classical guy. We don't need like a bunch of crazy Danny Boyle shit necessarily, but we need something to communicate like mm-hmm. how high stakes this feels to Rabbit, because like it is. Him choking at the beginning of the movie is like the worst thing that could happen to him, and like we never really like feel that. Yeah, like, right. It, the movie does not communicate like what a big deal that is. Like, well, it, he doesn't really sell how big a deal it is yeah. either. Like, I mean, the character and the narrative, not just from a direction standpoint, mm-hmm. but everybody's just like they're saying stuff about you, and he's like, oh yeah, oh who? <laughs> like he's not scared to show his face anywhere. He still goes out to the club. Yeah, like right. there should have been more tension. At the parties, at the the, mm. the tiki place that they go to, or whatever it is, I, some of those moments land like you know when the free world crew shows up, but they're just like hanging out in the parking lot, and they show up, and he's like, oh, he gets all nervous again after he did like an okay rap, like yeah. that's that's when they come in while he's like rehearsing with Cheddar Bob, yeah. like those moments kind of hit. But you're right that it doesn't, we just don't get that that conflict doesn't like come through, right? It's it's a real missed opportunity, and again, like just well, feels like. It's a lot of drop set because even, you know, there's that moment where Cheddar Bob's like, aren't you worried what they're going to say about you? Mm. And he's like, ah, maybe. And then well, he I just guess, spins it on his head. Yeah, mm-hmm. he gets picked up by it. his bars. Yeah, yeah. Where he's yeah, like, I, I know all the stuff you're going to say about I think me. the narrative there is really effective. Again, that last 20 minutes where he mm. does sort of take all all the things you got to say about me. Yeah, the, what? You they're know. very good. Yeah. It's, it's super good. Yeah. Uh, it's he, he wrote all of his own stuff, but they had this uh, guy that he kind of knew uh, who was another Detroit guy, uh, Craig G., uh, was who came in to do everybody else's stuff. I've read an interview with him that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's again, it's the most compelling stuff in the movie. Like not just from you know a visual standpoint, as far as like you've got a lot of movement within the frame, as far as the crowd surging. Yeah. But you also like have him as a character saying important things about his life for the first time in the entire runtime of the movie. Right. Like he actually has like a viewpoint and a goal and is telling you the crowd slash the viewer what is what and it is the first time the movie comes to life and you're you look at your watch and go oh god i've been watching this for an hour and a half and we're just now getting going Mm -hmm. and it is like it is the moment it's it's a double-edged sword because it's the moment where the movie really comes to life but it makes you realize just like how drab everything leading up to that final rap battle is it's pretty tough getting there now let's cycle back to something you said earlier okay which is the theme of this movie is do it yourself mm. against everybody else's odds and all mm-hmm. onlookers. Yeah, this we, is the advice he gets from his mom. From Wink. From Wink, Wink is trying yeah. to get him to go separate from the rest of 313. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she says, uh, you know, he says, I'm going to do it on my own 
by myself of my own accord. And his mom says, yeah, you should do that. Mm -hmm. That's the best probable option. Yeah. And it's, of course, not. Yeah. And we're not really clear if he's supposed to lean on his support systems of the what we call the 313, which is both representative of a part of Detroit, but also his small group of friends. Yeah, his little hip-hop collective. Yeah. The three, I guess they call it just 313, but yeah, yeah it is the, yeah, yeah. the area code for yeah. Detroit proper. Yeah. I, it, it, you know, it's one of those other moments where it comes up against the, like, the incongruities of his real life, right? Like, what little I know about him in D12 before he gets signed with Dr. Dre and, you know, Aftermath and all that stuff. Like, I, I don't have enough hip-hop had knowledge to like really say anything about it but you know just d12 was an existing entity like proof who shows up as the uh his his real life friend who's no longer with us is the the, the rapper that like mm-hmm. owns him so bad he chokes that's right. his real life friend proof and like so like that's part of his real life story is like being part of a hip-hop group in detroit and like having this push to like go be rap elvis and like yeah. sell out and like leave your friends behind and again eventually he like does a big d12 album and you know, puts the ladder down behind him. But like, it is kind of like a real interesting parallel to his life story that we just don't get into that tension of like, mm-hmm. what does it mean to like, go do these meetings that wink wants you to do and not go like, not stay with the crew. Right. Like we don't get into that, that conflict, like what dramatically that means for him. I, th- I think the movie does assume a lot of like insular kind of hip hop knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and I, and again, it was still successful because I'm, I'm, I guarantee you that the crowds that went to see this, there were definitely some people who really knew all the details of Eminem's life, but that wasn't most of those people. Yeah. And, um, you had your stands. Yeah. You had your stands. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it, yeah, I, I I just want to point that out. You know, it's sort of like it assumes that knowledge, and yeah. then um and then assumes that the rest of the audiences won't care, which mm. apparently was a formula that worked. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was a very successful movie. Uh, the movie tries to fight homophobia with homophobia, right? Yeah, kind of weird. You know, kind of classic Eminem bullshit, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of him being like, no, it's he's out, and you shouldn't pick on him because you're on the DL. Like, really? <laughs> That's what? Come on, M. You know that that's not how you own <laughs> this guy. Elton John. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Just stop, dude. Stop. Yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah. it's also fun. Yeah, you know, I think there's a, a, a lot there as well about the uh, the symbolic nature of uh, referring to him as Elvis, mm-hmm. both in yeah. a music icon status, but also culturally derisively yeah, yeah. As, a, as a sort of a, a pariah as yeah. a, a culture thief yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean the the the, vil, the vanilla ice reference mm-hmm. in that first you know roast is good mm-hmm. too yeah for that he comes back and has as a vanilla ice line in the the final too mm-hmm. it, it is dustin said that the only con what was it that you said dustin the other the only conflict of the movie is doing it yourself was that what you the only uh, the major theme of the movies do the yeah. only conflict of the movies whether or not eminem can can rap that's what it was can rap i i would say the only conflict is can he be a white rapper because they really do make a lot of that and it really seems like it's the only note that the movie knows how to, to mm. hit you know he he accuses the free world crew of like that's all all they have and it's like you know, it's also all the movie has. <laughs> the movie yeah. doesn't have a lot more to go on other than like he lives on the other side of Eight Mile, mm-hmm. which is, you know, doesn't mean he's not poor. Uh, right. Again, there's there's interesting stuff there. It just, you know, I'm with you. It's kind of inert dramatically mm-hmm. for the majority of the runtime. I see why you didn't really connect with it like Arthur and I did. And again, I think Arthur and I are probably still a little cool on it. 
I don't know. How, how warm do you feel like you I are? I mean, I'm not dying on a mountain for it. Are we? Is it time to... I'd probably watch it again. I really wish I was 15. Yeah. That's what I really wish. I get that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's the willow effect from last week, right? Right. Totally. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's maybe, where we're at. Maybe. Maybe. The, the ideal circumstances for watching this movie are on a DVD in your friend's bedroom and getting shushed when you go, oh, at the burns, and because mm. you're at a sleepover and you can't wake the parents up. Yeah. That's the ideal circumstances for watching this movie, and that's, I've already had that experience. That, that checks out, and, yeah. I, and I did not. So yeah, exactly. All right, well, let's go ahead and move to rendering a verdict: shelf or trash? What do you say, Arthur? Uh, I am very, very gently going to put this on top of the trash heap, right on top of Willow. Um, <laughs> I like this movie more than Willow, but it's you know it is in a long run of star vehicle attempts for musicians and doesn't succeed as often and you can look up the best parts of it on youtube because it really is about Mm -hmm. that ending rap battle uh which is good it's super good it's dynamite uh the rest of the movie is very okay and i do like it but it's not musty compelling movie fair enough what do you say dalton same answer okay literally the exact same answer i'm gonna say trash but harder that that doesn't like it at all. Hebrew Hammer front runner. Uh, oh, God. that seems a little it's severe. hard to say. We've seen little, like three movies. Soon. That's a little severe. Um, I, I, it's I, either I, this or uh, it's either this or uh, what's the the one with the Chow Yun Fat we watched? Oh, oh the, the replacement killers. killers. Oh, I like that one much better than this. Oof. Uh, <laughs> so, ah, kung fu. So there you go. All right. Well, there you go, dear listener. <laughs> Tell us we're wrong. Tell me why I'm wrong. Tell and Dustin about Clarence Parents' real good marriage. At Dustin Sells over on Mastodon or something. I don't know what they do over there. You still on there running I, tournaments? I'm still, I'm still on there, yeah. Run a tournament I'm of, not running any tournaments right run now. Run a tournament of... Uh, Rat battles? No, of of musician star vehicles. Okay. So you, you got to go back to, to the Elvises. You got to go back to... Uh, uh, Rio Bravo. Rio Bravo with uh with um uh, Jimmy, the kid. Yeah, Jimmy. Some. Yeah, this is embarrassing for both of yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about though. I don't know who either of you were talking about, which is real fun for me. Well, this is just annoying. <laughs> so I'm Arthur's up while you're doing this. While Arthur's looking up the music star that's in Rio Bravo, Ricky Nelson. Ricky oh, Nelson. Okay. And Dean Martin. And Dean Martin. Dean Ricky, Martin is the drunk guy. They're in there, both yeah. in Rio Bravo. Yeah. yeah. But Dean Martin's been doing some acting up until that point. It's really Ricky but Nelson yeah, sort of yeah. breakout. Well, whether it's Eight Mile or Rio Bravo, you can tell us what you think about movies. <laughs> I wouldn't pick either. Good trash genre cast at gmail.com. Uh, that's right. For all your long form feedback, it's the name of the show you're listening to at gmail.com. Uh, tell us what's on your brain. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter over at Good Trash Media. That's at Good Trash Media on Twitter uh, for links to this show, film news that we're into, uh, podcasts in our orbit, other stuff like that. Uh, good follow, I think, at Good Trash Media. Finally, if you want to help us keep the lights on, you can go to patreon.com forward slash GTM and find out what's in it for you, whether that's us sending you a Blu-ray in the mail based on a survey you fill out or you picking a movie for the show for us to discuss. All kinds of stuff. It's patreon.com forward slash GTM for more info on that. Arthur, what possibly could we follow 8 Mile with? Well... Uh, if my calculations are correct, this was episode 499. So next week means we're celebrating 500 episodes somehow, some way. How did we do we that? We keep coming up with funky every different day. Um, <laughs> so to celebrate 500 episodes, we're going to look at a good trash favorite as we look back at the entirety of... Of the John Wick trilogy. That's right. A mega-sode, guys. All three John Wick movies in one episode. That is, there's dogs? 
there's horses. Horse foo. Dog foo. Car foo. Car foo. Uh, Sword foo. Pencil foo. Pencil foo. Ian McShane. Ian McShane foo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And m- among others. Halle I mean, Berry. A murderer's row of character actors, truly. Like, Tr- yes. If you want them, they're in the John Wick franchise. <laughs> and if they're not, they're going to be in the next They'll one. They'll be in Chapter 4, <laughs> presumably Chapter 5, when Chapter 4 also makes $100 million. Yeah. Yes. Um, what a, what a if ever there were a good trash franchise truly it is the john wick series yeah man, there you go i'm so excited it's gonna be so much fun guys so you keep watching we'll keep talking we'll see you all next time